Mawale for the win. Good! Arike Okunfawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Pino gets the crossing. He's towards Mawale. You're listening to All In, a women's sports podcast on WFUV Sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of All In, a women's sports podcast for WFUV Sports. My name is Taylor Massetta, and I am joined by the lovely Annabelle Watson and Julia Moss. So, guys, I just want to start off the show. How's everyone's week's been? My week has been pretty good. Today was very busy. I had a lot going on. So I'm excited to be here in the studio with you guys, talk some women's sports. It's always a good relaxer, and we always have so many laughs, so I'm very excited. Same. It has been a great week. Uh, for the people who listened for, to our first debut episode, you're probably listening to me now and thinking completely different person because I was clinging to life the last time we were here. And luckily since then, my voice has come back and I'm much more well-prepared voice-wise, health-wise for this podcast. And I'm excited to get into to what we have planned. You know, Julia, I'm really happy you're healthier. <laughs> I was you. I was getting worried about her last week. Like, I think we were all kind of on our deathbeds. Like, I got sick right after her. Um, just like the FUV flu. So That's true. what I'm calling it now. <laughs> but yeah, Julia, I kind of wanted to talk about yesterday big day at the Nets. huge can you tell us a little bit about like your experience beat reporting for them yeah so yesterday was my first game reporting for the brooklyn nets i know this is a women's sports podcast but i think this is a fun thing to get into um it was just like the whole time i was just mesmerized by the experience i mean i'd reported for the liberty before but like i think the biggest thing for me was the press conferences and it was like the three biggest stars like first it was Kyrie, then it was kd and then it was ben simmons like it's something it's one of those moments where you step back and you're like wow not a lot of people get this opportunity and it was it was incredible and i mean the nets obviously uh did not perform the way they wanted to but i don't know the experience was just really great and i'm just so pumped for the rest of the season yeah julia was texting us last night she's a big ben simmons girl now new ben simmons <laughs> fan uh ben simmons slander is just simply not allowed anymore <laughs> i don't care i don't care if he shoots and i don't care if he makes another basket the rest of his life he is too nice to be slandered and i will stand by that yeah julia also said that she is an extension of ben simmons so any hate <laughs> directed towards him is hate directed towards her and none of us want to hate on julia so true so yeah so that very exciting but um we are going to move into our big story of the day and I'm a runner. I'm on the track team here. So naturally, I like getting a couple running stories into the podcast. And this week, we unfortunately have a bit of a sad story coming in. So last Friday, the world found out that last year's winner of the Boston Marathon, Diana Kipyogi, was provisionally suspended in a doping case by the Athletics Integrity Unit. So she is set to potentially lose her Boston Marathon title. Right now, she still has it, but if she's found guilty, she's going to lose that and is going to be suspended for four years. So apparently, she was using triamcinolone asononide. I hope I said that right. 
but it's basically it falls under the band category of glucocorticoids. Oh my god, try saying that five times fast. Which are used as therapeutic substances. I think they're only like you're only allowed to take them if you get like permission from the AIC. And I guess they just kind of got caught using it. And, Ken- and like she's from Kenya, they have been there's been like ten Kenyans busted using this in the past like year or two. So, like this is the Boston Marathon winner. Like the Boston Marathon's huge. So I cannot believe that this has happened and this is coming from a test that was taken right after the marathon so guys do you have any thoughts on this well i think it's definitely you know if this was intentional because we've learned that a lot of like doping scandals like this it might not necessarily be intentional it could have been something lingering or sometimes people don't even know but um I think that if this was intentional, it really does take away the integrity of the Boston Marathon. I think the Boston Marathon is its one of my favorite sporting events personally. I actually went to the last Boston Marathon and we caught the end of like people just finishing and they weren't elite runners. But I remember I, I was like tearing up because I was like, oh, my God, those people, they just ran. Is it 26.2 miles? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Point two. So. I think it's just an amazing test of strength and just longevity. And if this turns out to be an intentional thing, then I would be really disappointed. Yeah, um, my, my, I think I looked at like a ton of the facts here. I think too many things add up for it to be a coincidence, for it to be unintentional. I think sure, absolutely her title should be stripped. I mean, looking at this, I mean, it's very clear what substances are allowed and which ones aren't. And then adding on the fact that, like you said, 10 Kenyan athletes testing positive for that ex- that same prohibited substances between just in the past two years. There's no way in my mind that this wasn't intentional. There have been 100% cases in the past with people trying to uh, rehab and take things that they don't know. But 10, 10 athletes from the same country, it feels like it is definitely intentional. So that's my opinion. And in my heart, truly, I mean, if all of this is true, of course, my heart goes out to the person who got second place last year because she tweeted, she said, very disappointed, robbed my joy, my smile, my happiness in the beautiful decorated tape at the finish line. These athletes work so hard and the ones who do it fairly, man, I just feel for her. Yeah, that's Edna Kiplagat. She is also from Kenya, two-time world champion. So she was second to Pekioge in 2021. But if... If this title is stripped, Kiplagat will be instated as the winner, and which is kind of exciting. She's 41, and she would become the race's oldest winner. So that's exciting for her. I actually have a little connection to her. Oh, really? Well, it's not not direct, but... um, (laughs) Wait, fill us in. My hometown, Manchester, Connecticut, we have the largest, like, Thanksgiving Day race in New England, and a bunch of elite runners come, and Enya Kiplagat, she ran it and won... I don't remember what year, but she has won the Manchester Road Race, which is my hometown. So, wait, that is so exciting. You know, I've always meant to race in the Manchester Road Race. Mm -hmm. See, it's kind of tough because it's like during my time off because my last cross country race is like mid November, but I want to go. Yeah, it's so much fun. Everyone dresses up. But then you also have like the aspect of these elite runners, you know, who. uh, they usually use this to actually qualify for the Boston Marathon. So seeing her run, she was amazing. And having that connection to her, if she's able to, you know, get that title fairly, that I would love to see that. No, for sure. And 
honestly this whole situation is just kind of like disappointing to hear about because i feel like every year there's like one new doping case that comes out of the running world and it really just gives like, it sheds a negative light on the sport like a couple years back we had shelby houlihan she got busted for i think it's nandrolone she claims that it came from a pork burrito but a lot of people don't really believe her so it's kind of become like a running joke in the community but it's also she's banned for a couple years and then there was the whole shikari richardson scandal she was using marijuana it wasn't really like a performance enhancer so a lot of people are really think that's very um controversial but the whole it's just the doping cases just keep piling up and it's really disappointing to see a lot of these still a happening and i don't know it just bums me out yeah definitely i think that when you have that kind of reputation in a sport it can kind of make the integrity of the sport go down but you know with the shakari richardson thing i personally think that you know that was kind of blown out of proportion oh, i and totally agree totally agree that wasn't a performance enhancing thing you know she her grandmother had passed away mm-hmm. and i think that that actually brought a lot of attention to the the mental health of athletes and you know how how we're expanding when it comes to marijuana use but doping like this is totally unacceptable to me and I think that you know running is obviously a very very intense sport and you know doping may make it it makes it easier obviously but it's not okay to have that in the sport absolutely and you have to think like these Kenyan athletes thought that they would get away with this and it sheds such a bad light on the sport and it just makes you think like how many other things are happening right now that don't get caught so I hope that this serves as like a base of I don't know like obviously not using this specific drug anymore and knowing that they can't get caught I mean it's just one more step towards I think just eradicating uh, doping and track and I think that's obviously um, a good thing no for sure and I'm sure there's many Kenyan athletes that are also very like disappointed about this because they're just an incredible country running you got Elliot Eli Kipchoge you've got Faith Kipyegon you've got two th- they are two stars in this sport and that is what people should be focusing on but instead it's like unfortunate that these doping cases might overshadow a lot of these people's like achievements because that's sometimes what people all can focus on and I just like I hate cheaters I'm like, just don't do it. Like, run to the best of your ability. Like, prove to the world that you've got that skill. Yeah, I think that running, like I mentioned earlier with going to the Boston Marathon, it's one of those sports that it's like, oh, my gosh, this person has this level of athletic ability, and it's crazy. And I think that the presence of doping takes that away. And I I would love to see – you have to appreciate the athletes that you know are clean and are doing this purely – naturally yeah absolutely i mean um just looking at this i mean you have to think is it worth it because she she did this and now you know yeah she won the race she beat everybody but i mean historically people aren't going to look back and and think anything of it and i'm sure if she had ran it clean she would have been up there with the best still but because she took this drug people are just never going to think of her in a i guess a positive light again as far as her career as a, a runner no, for sure. And the Boston Marathon in 2021, it was a triumph because it was the first one that was back after the pandemic. So it was the return to like, start of return to normalcy. And like now it's like tainted. But, you know, I am actually very happy for Edna Kiplaga. She must be very happy that she like the right victory has been reestablished. But, you know, we're going to move on a little bit because we're we just got the AP top 25 
for NCAA women's basketball, the first AP poll of the year. So naturally on top, once again, are the reigning champs, South Carolina Gamecocks. That, there's no surprise there. They spent 20 weeks straight on top of the poll. So they're followed by Stanford Cardinal at two, the Texas Longhorns at three, Iowa Hawkeyes at four, and the Tennessee Vols round out the top five. I will give some love to my wonderful Lady Huskies. They're ranked sixth place, and they're without Paige Beckers this year, which is devastating. And then Louisville, Iowa State, Notre Dame, and NC State round out the top ten. So, guys, any surprises in this top ten? Any snubs? Well, I mean, I think it is, as a UConn fan, um, it's crazy to see UConn not in the top five. It's the first time since 2006 that they weren't in the top 10. But, I mean, it doesn't come as a surprise because they're without Paige Beckers. And we're going to have to see a lot of a lot of players for UConn step up. But, you know, a kind of fun thing that is going to happen with UConn and the Paige Beckers um, injury is that she's going to be the student assistant coach which I think will be really fun to see. Maybe there's a future coaching role in there for Paige. But without her, she's just absolutely dominant. And um, there's going to be a lot of expectations for those UConn players to, to pick up her role. No, for sure. And UConn's really facing a very tough schedule this year. They arguably have the top non-conference slate in the country. So basically they're facing Texas, NC State, Duke, and maybe Iowa if they make it to the championship game in the Phil Knight Legacy Tourney, and that's all before the end of November. And then they're facing South Carolina, Notre Dame, Maryland, Tennessee, Princeton, and FSU. Oh, my gosh. So they are loaded this year, and it is a little concerning with no Paige Beckers because of her torn ACL, but they do have a lot of people like coming to back them up. You've got Alea Edwards. She's going to be stepping up. Um, Azzy Foot, Nika Mule, they're looking to like make some ground like after their first couple seasons. And we also have a big transfer coming in with Fairfield's Lou Lopez-Senichal. She's a good scorer from far distances. So I'm really excited to see what some of these veteran players can do. And, hey, we got Ice Brady coming in. She's a 6'3 forward freshman, and she's a very physical player. I'm excited to see what she can do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at this UConn situation right now, I love that Paige Beckers is going to be a student manager. She's really shown her commitment to UConn in general because she's already said straight up, I'm coming back for another year after. When she could enter the WNBA draft, 99% be number one no matter how much she plays, which will be none this season, but she's committed to staying there. And I I don't think it's time to like hit the hit the panic button for UConn because like you said, AC Fudd, According to Gino Oriema, she looks amazing. He said, and I quote, or he quotes, as good as anybody we've had at this point. And considering UConn's long line of amazing athletes, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, list goes on. Amazing thing to to see. But yeah, like you said, UConn lower, no lower than five since the 06, seven season. I think, I think uh, AZ Fudd can really benefit from this though, because with Paige Beckers, you know, her role is vastly different. Now she's probably the leader of this team. And I think she'll benefit from this season, and when Paige comes back, they'll both be better. So that's my opinion on the on UConn and and South. Man, it's gonna be hard to beat South Carolina, though. They've been oh. incredible. I mean, Don Staley is just like the best coach, third consecutive year starting at number one. Four starters returning. There's only five on a team. Alaya Boston starters. is back. Be yeah. afraid. Be it's afraid. So true. So yeah, I mean. 
there's not any like huge surprises here. I expected UConn to take a hit. Little surprise at Tennessee being in the top five, but it is a welcomed surprise. Uh, I am from Memphis, Tennessee, so we love our Vols. Big fan. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. A lot of hometown references here today. We have our Tennessee Vols. We have me and Taylor's UConn Huskies, and then another direct hometown connection. I have Gino Oriema lives in my hometown. He lives in Manchester? Yes. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has a rest like two restaurants in Manchester. So he's a he's a big Manchester guy. My dad sees him around all the time. So I can't believe he owns two restaurants. Yes. Yeah. And we also have another hometown connection. We got NC Maddie Bamate on audio. She is she lives in Raleigh, so she's near NC State and they are also in the top ten and they're they're gonna be looking good this year. So yeah, everyone's got a little bit of a connection. Also, number 17, Maryland, Maddie Bomondi <laughs> transferred to Fordham from the University of Maryland. So she has her hands, her prints all over this top 25. <laughs> we would like to thank Maryland for sending Maddie over to us. Thank yes. you so much. Shout out, Maryland. Go Terps. <laughs> but yeah, so very exciting things coming for these teams. I also was looking at Stanford. They're number two, which I feel like is pretty obvious. I was very surprised about Texas. I mean, they're looking great, but I just was like, I, I don't think I was expecting them in the top five, but you know what? I'm excited for them. That's pretty cool. I mean, they're going to live and die by Rory Harmon, so yeah. we'll just see how that works. I'm a little surprised to see him in the top five too, but but if she's as good as is advertised, I mean, she she was great last season. We'll see if she continues to take that, that progression, but yeah, I mean, Texas at three, that's huge. No, yeah, and I'm going to step back a little bit to South Carolina. So do you guys think that anyone can stop this team? And if so, who is it? Man, that's a good question. Uh, no one could do it last year. Uh, I think hey, Mizzou. Mizzou did once. Okay. Mizzou did once. All right. I think if Caitlin Clark continues to progress as she has been, I think she could lead Iowa to, I don't know if Iowa and South, they probably don't play during the regular season, but uh, definitely a postseason. They'll probably be meeting each other when it gets down to it. Um, I could see Iowa taking them down in the NCAA. Uh, Gino Oriema, I just like can't bet against him. He's just a genius for basketball. So I never count UConn out against anybody. But South Carolina, I mean, I haven't looked at their schedule yet, but I can guarantee it's going to be very, very high wins against very, very low losses. Yeah, it looks like for South Carolina, they don't have a super difficult non-conference schedule like compared to like some of the other teams. They do face Maryland, Stanford, and UConn, but it still looks like it's going to be smooth sailing compared to other lineups. Like UConn's got a monster non-conference schedule. South Carolina's looks a little bit easier. I mean, they're probably just going to be so strong and dominate all of these games, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I think they definitely, with that, schedule being somewhat easy I think that it should be pretty smooth sailing for them and you know this team is just absolutely dominant but like Julia mentioned I don't want to count out Gino um, but this team is absolutely dominant and I, I don't really think there's there's not really been a dynasty like this except for UConn maybe so I think South Carolina is going to go pretty far I think there's definitely a national title back in their sights. Yeah. I, I think South Carolina is who people who don't watch women's basketball think UConn is. Yeah. That's oh. my hot take. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it's kind of true. It's true. I feel like South Carolina has really moved up into that dynasty legacy that UConn's left behind. And it's really exciting to see a lot of these teams like kind of like step up and like step up to the plate with UConn. It's really cool to see a bunch of powerhouse teams like all around. Like you see it with South Carolina, Stanford. 
even I feel like I was going to be in the next big dynasty with I, I love Caitlin Clark I am so excited to see what she can do this year but like you just see it with all these teams and like it's bringing a lot of like attention to the sport and it's so so exciting but UConn forever on top baby I oh, love yes. my Huskies oh, yes I feel like maybe they could take down South Carolina I'm not entirely sure I think I've got to watch a couple games but they are going to be hungry for revenge after last year's game. Like, I remember I was watching Fruit by My Fingers. It was <laughs> devastating, but I was I, I also love Dawn Staley, so I can never root against her either. Um, but, yeah, for sure, like, UConn. Like, I feel like they've got a really serious chance. I mean, they're without Paige, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how a lot of the rest of the players can step up. Yeah, and I mean, these, you know, seedings right now, they are going to mean nothing in the March postseason. So, you obviously, the the rankings are there for a reason, but, you know, I'm not letting that number six or that number one go straight to my head and have that be the the final word. You know, I think that you have to consider how seasons can go and how injuries might impact. There's there's so many factors, um, so... We'll see what happens. No, yeah, and Iowa's coach actually made a really good point similar to what you just said. So she said, it makes no difference in March what we're ranked in October, but certainly I want my team to have the confidence and be proud of what they've accomplished. Iowa's on the map. That was Coach Lisa Bluter. And I think that's really exciting to see because these rankings could give a lot of these teams like a lot of confidence. Like you see like some of the latter teams. Creighton is ranked. Princeton's ranked in the preseason for the first time ever. Like, it's just exciting, like, because you never know what's going to happen. This is this could be the motivating factor to send a lot of teams on, like, winning streaks and, like, massive seasons that we might never have seen before from them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ranking system is a tricky one, to because you don't want to put too much weight on it, but you also want to, like, be able to use that, like, hey, these people thought we were good last season and think we're going to take that into the season. But looking... I don't know about you guys, but when I watch the NCAA women's tournament, like oftentimes it's more exciting and mm-hmm. like unpredictable than even the men's side at points. So until it's March time, I mean, it's great to have these preseason rankings, like obviously confidence boost, but it's time to actually perform now. I mean, hey, you saw it in the men's March Madness, like St. Peter's sailed past so many ranked teams and no one even really saw them coming. You can see this just as easily on the women's side you saw Creighton make it to the elite eight I think last year so I I don't know I'm just so excited I am so excited for this season I love women's basketball I think it's a there's a lot more strategy and it's not just necessarily like strength and big guys I think there's a lot of really good basketball to watch and I'm excited for this season I'm excited to see what UConn does excited to see what South Carolina does and you know a lot of these other teams Texas NC State Duke um, I think that it's going to be a very very good season yeah you make a really good point I think uh, women's college basketball and that even goes into the WNBA I mean it's just more technical yeah and watching more technically sound basketball at times can be a lot more fun than watching well, I don't want to like dog on men's basketball. <laughs> I love I love the NBA. I love uh, men's basketball, but you know you're not going to see someone like 360 dunk. You're not like you're not going to see that, but you are going to see crisp, like really good passing. Mm-hmm. You're going to see just like it's just more technically sound, and when you're watching it the right way, it is a lot of fun. No, exactly, and I see a lot of men on Twitter sometimes say like, "Oh, women's basketball is so much more boring compared to the men's," but like you just said, it's kind of two it's not like two different games but two different ways of playing it and it is so exciting to see both versions you know like it's just a little something new you know 
I think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's ways to appreciate both, and I think more people need to understand that. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, that's going to wrap up our women's basketball talk, and I kind of want to close off the show with an homage to my name doppelganger, Miss Taylor Swift. She is releasing Midnight's Tonight at Midnight, and I have never been more excited in my life. And we are actually having our audio producer, Maddie Bamante, storm the radio or storm the recording session to give her thoughts. So I have two questions for everyone. So first, I'm going to start off. What is the song that everyone is looking forward to the most? Gosh, guys, I have really been like re-listening to so many albums from her. And I am just kind of like sorting through everything. I would say I've been listening to Folklore a lot recently. Good. Mainly because it's the fall time. You got to get some fall songs in there. And I got to say, Mirrorball has been that song. I have been debating like about, you know, just listening to other songs on the album. But Mirrorball is just such a classic. I come back to it. It's just such a good melody. I didn't like it at first, which was interesting. So now I'm a big Mirrorball fan, big folklore fan. I'm very excited for Midnight's because I heard it's just going to be kind of like dark and a little bit kind of in that vibe. And I need that for this fall time right now. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I have been deep diving into all Taylor Swift recently. I've been listening to a lot of Red. So I'm going to pick a song off of Red. And that song that I've been listening to a lot is... Bum, 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 drum roll, bum. please. Please, drum roll. <laughs> Red, the song Red. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. I, but, I mean, with Taylor Swift, it's like there's so many songs that are just so good. And I know we're all Taylor Swift fans here, so it's a obvious statement. But I am counting down the seconds till this album releases. And like you said, it's going to be one of the most dark ones she's had. I'm excited for that. Apparently, it's going to be a little bit different than Evermore and Folklore, but also not like her other pop albums. So I like I don't know what other direction she can take, but I am inching to see it. I'm very excited for this al- album, but I feel like I'm the type of Taylor Swift fan that I don't get too hyped up for the albums, but then after the fact, I become obsessed with the songs. I did it for Red Taylor's version. I did it for pretty sure i did it for lover um but my favorite i love the lover album thank you thank i you. love it we were talking thank about you. this Agreed. we were talking about this Disagree. before the show <gasps> there's so many just like cute little songs on it like paper rings paper rings mm-hmm. is an underrated it's classic so and i will die on this hill All it's right. so good cruel summer <laughs> cruel summer how mm-hmm. do you hate an album should have been should have summer been the single whoa guys yeah we're coming after you julia how about we- london boy Oh, that's, so a, that's a quirky little song. It. Never said I hated it. Daylight is a really good way to close out the album. That's true. It's a good. There's no Taylor Swift albums I hate, but when you're looking at Speak Now and you're looking at Red, Fearless, Lover just doesn't sit up there. Well, like, it's, like an, I feel like she doesn't really like highlight like herself vocally much on that. Like it's it's just so poppy and I think it's fun. It's it fun. is fun. It's a good album. It's just not underrated <laughs> wow you know i feel like i kind of want the song lover to be my wedding song she had the wedding dance version of it it's a How great romantic song would that be it's a great guys it's a good it's album a gr- it's a good album <laughs> it's a good album guys I stop like fighting the, me uh, i like the album it's just not speak now and it's not it, it is not speak now it's and that's ever more folklore it's not speak now and we need to talk about that because speak now is my favorite taylor swift album it's amazing. There, there's nothing i come back to more than speak now there is no skips for me we were talking about this, Julie and I, before the show. 
a lot of people hate on Innocent. I think Innocent is a underrated song. I just think that it had to be done. It was perfect for the timing. And now, little spoiler for the album coming tonight, Uh I've heard that Karma song 11 on Midnight's is a direct link to song 11 on Speak Now, Innocent. Because karma has to do has to do with the Kanye West scandal at the VMAs. I needed this. Uh, Yeah, it's supposed to be really big, and and I'm very excited to listen to it. And somebody pointed that out to me earlier, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about this because it's such a nice a a deep cut that nobody's gonna know but me today. No, guys, because I've been actually karma might be my most anticipated song on this because I've heard rumors, like oh my, I've gone down the TikTok like rabbit hole. And apparently Karma used, was an album that she was originally going to release. And then like the, instead of Reputation? Yeah, right before oh. Reputation. And then Kanye and Kim just had to mess all <laughs> that up. And then we never, then Karma, I guess, never saw the light of day. And now it's a sing, Now I guess it's a single. And then I was hearing, uh, this is definitely not true, but then I was hearing rumors about a Drake-Taylor yes. Swift collab. <laughs> I, I That would be the ultimate, I feel like I would just need that in my life. I, it, how, no matter how bad it would be, it would be hilarious, but... It- it's not true, but I'm willing it to be true. Like, Manifest, there's no guys. way it's happening, but I am going to believe it's happening until the album comes out and Drake is nowhere to be found. I no, would yeah. love to see that. But I would love it. To, to wrap up the Speak Now section of the of the talk, I think it just needs to be talked about a little more because Maddie and I did talk in length about this album. I mean, just looking at this track list, mine, banger. Speak Now, banger. Back to December, banger. Oh, love Back to Story December. Story of Us, underrated banger better than revenge who hasn't listened to that song i have a very controversial opinion okay and okay i mean maybe people will agree with me on this everyone knows how much i love all too well i listen to the 10 minute version no, religiously don't. okay okay <laughs> religiously i think it's amazing i arguably think that last kiss is a sadder song i see maddie cheering in the, in the back i'm telling you i Every single time I listen to Last Kiss, I cry. No joke. It it gets the tears out of me. I don't know what it is. It's just so unbelievably sad. And All Too Well is too, but I feel like All Too Well sometimes makes me angry for mm, good reason. Yeah. Last Kiss. I, I'm telling you. I'm like, Maddie agrees with me. I can, literally, I can see her. But I, yeah. There we go. I mean, I agree. I think I didn't, I didn't view All Too Well as like so sad. Until I watched the the little Music short video? film. Guys, I sobbed after the short film <laughs> for a half hour. And now I, I can never look at that song the same. Now it's way more emotional to me. And I, I love that song. But both songs, I just, I don't want to compare the two. They're just both great. They're both sad. They're both great. Love them. Taylor Swift has some of the best music videos now that you bring up that short film. Like the Blank Space music video. So love it. So good. Wildest Dreams music video. Bad Blood. So good. Bad Blood is a cinematic masterpiece. I don't care what anyone says. She makes movies. Yes. She she doesn't make music videos. She makes movies. No, it's not just movies. It is cinema. It's cinema. It's a film. She makes Oscar movies for her her music videos. And I love her for it. But yeah, guys midnight's coming out tonight i cannot i'm coming i'm going home after this taking like a two and a half hour nap waking up at midnight to live listen to it with my friends and i think that is going to wrap up our show today thank you for tuning into all in a women's sports podcast at wfuv sports with annabelle watson julia moss i'm taylor Massetta, and have a wonderful day